The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and we are here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And you can catch us on a repeat, or if you want to listen to the show again, anywhere you catch your podcast by uh, asking for Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. As always, I'm here with um, my producer, sidekick, cool guy extraordinaire, Mr. Byron Lee. Hello. <laughs> And Sheila Young is our host today. Thank you so much, Sheila. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Byron. <laughs> so I am coming to you for from about uh, 35, 40 miles north of where I usually am. We're in um, Fort Lauderdale. Gabriel and I are going to see Randy Rainbow this evening, and we are really, really excited about that. I have one announcement for you this uh, this Sunday, and it comes from Ray Campbell, and it is about ACB, ACB Lions. Thursday, September 1st at 8 p.m. is their next community call. Please join them by using the link that you will find on the daily community call list that Cindy and the community sends out. And um, he's looking forward to getting your ideas for what you guys are looking for out of them over the next year, et cetera, et cetera. So on to the big show. I am so very happy to welcome back Janine Stanley from Ira. We've got a bunch of things to talk about, a couple of demos, and then she'll be answering all your hot Ira questions. Later on in the show, we'll be talking with Lori Scharf and Mike Adino about benefits, benefits, benefits. So Janine, <laughs> welcome back to Sunday Edition. Hey, thank you so much. Hopefully um, everything is working well and you can hear me and we'll, we will be uh, cooking with gas today. Absolutely. And you have been a busy bee. You're always a busy bee. But uh, this last <laughs> month, it's been pretty darn busy and exciting, huh? Tell me about it. You know, you think about August and you think, oh, good. That's kind of a slow month. We got Not at Ira. No, no. <laughs> August <laughs> is never slow with us. So, yeah. Where do we start, Anthony? Well, you know what? Let's start with desktop first um, and work our way through. All right. So for those of you who remember back to the convention, which feels like many eons ago now, uh, we announced at the ACB convention on July 4th that we now have a public beta of our desktop app. And you are welcome to come and try it out, play with it. And you can get to that at ira.io slash desktop. And this app is a web app. So it is not going to give you the ability to 
uh, for the agent to connect remotely to your PC or your Mac, but what it will do is allow them to see your screen, to be able to use the camera from your computer, which has a bunch of, of uh, good things about it. The number one good thing is you can hold up your mail to the camera and because it's stationary, you don't have to worry about, okay, move the phone this way. No, move the phone that way. So much easier to handle things, especially like round bottles are super easy to handle that way. But what a lot of people are using it for is, oh, can you describe what's on my screen or um, what does this file say? Uh, what does this particular document say? You can use three different ways for the agent to connect directly to your computer and manipulate things for you on your computer. That's going to be TeamViewer, both TeamViewer and TeamViewer Quick Assist. I'm sorry, Quick, yeah, <laughs> Quick Support <laughs> is the TeamViewer app. This is so confusing because you can also, if you're on a Windows PC, you can use Microsoft Quick Assist. And that one is pretty snappy, actually, uh, getting you into the mode where you can remotely share uh, your computer with the agent and they can click on buttons and do all that great stuff that is still inaccessible. And then the, the third one is Chrome Remote Desktop. And this is a Google uh, add-in and we have instructions on our website. If you go to, again, ira.io slash desktop and you can get in on this. Now, if you would like to get email, about things that we update on the desktop app. You can do that by going to ira.io slash choice, our favorite choice page. <laughs> and uh, there is a form on there. You can fill that out and then you will be in the group to get update emails. Um, right now, you can actually message your agent during a call. If you are, let's say, oh, at a Starbucks and you open up your, excuse me, laptop, to go ahead and do some work, that access offer should appear on the desktop app. Voila. And let's see what else you can share files. I did this the other day when I had a PDF that looked like I could sign it, but I wasn't sure. So I sent it to the agent. They looked at it. They tried to manipulate it. It couldn't be signed and they were able to send it back. I've also done that to crop pictures too, which is really handy. The agents can crop a picture so that only me and my dog are showing in that picture and uh, send that back to me in a format that I can use. So there are some things you can do with the desktop app. I encourage everybody to take a look because this is going to be the format going forward of IRA in its version 3.0 of IRA as we move forward. So take a look. Let us know how you like it. It is a beta version. It right now does work with Safari, but there are a few uh, constraints with Safari. So we're working on those, but it always helps people to let us know what they are when you find them. Yeah, I installed Chrome on my Mac because it's just a little bit easier to use um, the quick support from <clears throat> from uh, Team Viewer. So that you know, just a helpful hint. If if you are using Ira on the Mac, I would suggest downloading Chrome. Yep. <laughs> also, it also works on Edge too on the Mac, which who would have thought Edge on the Mac, right? And wow. I've, been, I've been rather impressed with Edge on the Mac. Plus, you get those cool voices that you can read with. If you've got a website article, you can kick one of those nice voices in to read with. Mm, I'm going to have to try that out. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I've been using Audio Hijack for streaming, and somehow or another, 
I, my settings got all kinds of mixed up, mixed up. So I had an IRA agent and she was looking things, she was looking up the, um, you know, from like the tutorials online for this specific field. So, you know, I have all the credentials. I just wasn't <laughs> sure which field was which. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, after 20 minutes of trying to figure it out by myself, it took us four and a half minutes to get everything <laughs> back up and running. <laughs> Isn't that the way it always is? You know, and then you think, what was I, what, why did I wait that long? <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, thankfully, I have learned my lesson and I check my computer at least an hour before um, before I have to stream because sometimes Zoom updates, sometimes audio hijack updates, you know, and if anything goes awry and it's 10 minutes to the call, there's no way I'm going to get fixed in 10 minutes. So I have learned my lesson on that one. You got it. And then comes the time when you have to change your Google password. Oh, and why does that always come like either right in the middle of a meeting or right when you're trying to pull something up and you have to change your Google password, which on the Mac is a whole adventure. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Um, you brought the blind shell to do uh, a demo with us, but walk us through the blind shell first. So the blind shell classic two, which is the version of the blind shell that we are on now. It is a phone. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call it officially a smartphone, although it is really because it's running a version of Android in the background. Uh, but it is a phone with buttons and no touch screen. It actually has a little screen, but it is not a touch screen. So for everybody who is sick of swiping and tapping or just couldn't quite get that, the knack of that, this phone is great. It has tons of features on it. It has battery life that still amazes me. Even when using Ira, the battery life on this thing is incredible. Um, and of course, it has Ira on it. But, you know, just the physical dimensions of the phone, it's about the size of probably an iPhone mini, I think. I haven't seen a mini, but I'm told it is about that size. It has volume buttons on the side. Uh, it has an emergency button on the back that you can program to any contact you want or 911 in case something happens. You got a quick way to get to somebody. And then on the right side, there is a button that lets you bring up your favorite apps, or if you hold it down, it lets you dictate in certain text fields. And the dictation is actually pretty good, but let me show you the voice. This is what got me because before I show you this, I'll tell you. I have looked at different feature phones for my husband, right? And we've looked at them and the voices are terrible. They use like the lowest compact speech and it's awful. You can barely understand it. And this was becoming a big problem for him. So here is the blind shell. Contacts, three of seven. Okay, that's our main menu. One ten p.m. That voice is one of the Google voices. You, you may recognize it if you have an Android phone, uh, but all of the Google voices are in here. So you can choose from, I think there are probably eight, eight or nine different voices that you can choose from in here. And I believe, I'm, I'm not sure, so somebody will correct me on this, but eloquence might actually be in there. Uh, but there are a bunch of voices to choose from. So whatever your hearing situation is, whatever you feel most comfortable listening to, you've got it there. So we have our main menu. Now the blind shell has six buttons above the keypad and it's got a numeric alphanumeric keypad. They are nice um, rounded keys. They're like little sideways ovals, very, very tactile. Um, 
they remind me of one of the old Motorola phones, actually. Uh, there's a big dot on the five. You can definitely feel that. And then above that, there are, like I said, two rows of three buttons each in the middle. And that was the, the go to sleep sound right there. In the middle of these rows are two little bars. They're horizontal bars. They're your up and down arrow. And then on the bottom left row, you have your enter button and your back button, which is shaped like a slash or like a diagonal line. Up at the top on that top row, on the left is a context menu key. And in the main screen, that gets you to your notifications and things. And then on the right is a repeat button. So it will repeat anything you need as you're going through the menus, which is great. I usually, I'm so used to arrowing up and down to hear something again, but let's take a look at what is here on the main screen. 1.12 p.m. Call. One of seven. Now I'm just using my arrow keys and you can tell there are little sounds here as well. And there are vibrations as well that you can set to whatever you like. The sounds are a little loud at the moment, but you can, of course, make a call. Messages. Two of seven. Yes, you can text. You can either type out your text in the uh, T9 format, which is, you know, two is ABC, three is DEF, etc. Or you can dictate your texts. And uh, it's just nice to be able to get accessible texts that you can read because on the feature phones, that's kind of iffy. Contacts, three of seven. That's pretty self-explanatory contacts. Applications, four of seven. Applications, this is where this phone really comes into play. It's got a ton of applications. These are not things that you can download from the App Store or the Play Store, though. These applications are specially formatted for the Blind Shell because the whole goal of Blind Shell is that it is completely accessible across the board. So any application that goes on this phone goes through some pretty rigorous testing, believe me. <laughs> we have been there for the past, oh, probably three or four months. Uh, but the blind shell folks are great to work with. So we have applications. Settings, five of seven. There's our settings. Manual, six of seven. Yes, the manual is on the phone. Turn off the phone, seven of seven. And there's how we turn off the phone. Now I can go to any one of these. You heard uh, six of seven, seven of seven. But if I push the number four, I can go back to applications. Applications, four of seven. And I'll hit enter. Internet browser. One of ten. We have all kinds of categories on here, too. We have internet browser. Tools. Two of ten. Tools are your typical things. Calculator. Um, um, a number of different things in that one. Communication. Three of ten. Communication. This app actually has WhatsApp on it. So if you are a fan of WhatsApp or uh, join a WhatsApp group, it is here. Media. Four of ten. Media. Of course, there is a podcast player. There's also an internet radio uh Menu choice and app. Oh my gosh, there are tons of internet radio stations on this thing. We had a power outage um, a couple of weeks ago, and you know we said, "Oh man, what are we going to do?" You know, there's there's nothing, and we were at that point in the evening where you just want to kick back. And so I fired up my cell phone hotspot. I connected the blind shell. We got to the internet radio, and we were able to listen to the radio. So it was great. And there are tons of choices on here for internet radio books. Five of ten. Yes, there is a book reader on here. It's not barred, not yet, anyway. Games. Six of ten. There are games. 
Vision aids. Seven of ten. Vision aids. Hmm, what could that be? We'll come back to that one. (laughs) Health and fitness. I'm allergic to that category. Shopping. Nine of ten. Shopping. There is Amazon is on here, believe it or not. App catalog, 10 of 10. And there is the app catalog, and that's where you're going to go to look at everything that's available if you don't know by category what you want. But I'm going to go to category number seven, vision aids. Vision aids. Ira Explorer. I love the alphabet. (laughs) And yes, (laughs) yes, our new app is called Ira Explorer. So the format of this app is what you're going to see when you come into the phone. But let me show you a couple other things that are in this particular category because there are some fun ones. Beepers, 2 of 10. Beepers, these are sort of like uh, air tags, and you can purchase them from uh, Blind Shell USA. Color indicator, 3 so of 10. Color indicator, this is about as good as any phone-based color indicator. You know, none of them are that great, but this one, you know, it, it definitely works. Google Lookout. Or Ooh, 10. Google Lookout. I did not, I knew about this app, but I did not know how cool this app is. This is basically the seeing AI of the Android world. And you can do tons of things with this. You can recognize barcodes, you can read text, you can scan things. Um, it's got, I believe, an explore feature that can tell you about your environment. So it is one of those Swiss Army knife blindness apps. GPS points. Five of ten. And I believe in my phone that may be a beta. Light sensor. Six of Uh, ten. The light sensor works quite well. Localization. Seven of ten. Localization. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I think that is for the GPS. Magnifying glass. Eight of ten. And yes, there is a magnifier on this phone. And I'm told that the screen is very nice and clear uh, if you are a low vision person and prefer to use the screen. NFC object tagging. Nine of 10. And there are the NFC object tags, and you get, I believe, four of those when you get a blind shell. QR object tagging, 10 of 10. Or you can do QR codes, but I'm going to go back up to... Ira Explorer. There we go. One of 10. And let's open this up. Ira Explorer. Okay. Now... Navigation menu. The navigation menu doesn't have a whole lot in it right now for the blind shell, but... Let me show you. Home selected. About this app. And that's the one you really want to see. Because about this app is going to tell you what version of the app you have. And that can be important when you're trying to diagnose and troubleshoot things. Navigation menu. Okay. Home. Call an IRA agent. There's the important button. Call an IRA agent. But let me show you what else we have here. Attach message or files. And here... You can, if you go into this uh, menu, you can attach a text message, which on the blind shell is going to be important. You can also, there's a checkbox in there that says, I can't talk right now. So if you're in church, you're in a meeting, you're somewhere where you can't talk, but you'd like the agent to maybe describe things, you can set that up with the messages. You can also, I'm not sure how the file sharing is going to work quite yet on the blind shell, but we will have some ability to file share on the blind shell. All righty, so let's go back. Call an IRA agent. And we're actually going to call an agent right now. (laughs) Connecting to IRA servers. (laughs) Yay. All right. Waiting for agent. Now, it's the weekend, folks. So as you know... (laughs) Sometimes. Establishing communication uh, with Kylie. Ah, 
Excellent. Thanks for calling Naira. This is Kylie. What would you like to do today? Hi, Kylie. Um, We are showing the Blind Shell 2 phone to everyone at ACB Radio. And I have this bottle. Could you read that for me? I'm going to hold that right up there. Yeah, if you can hold it like two inches farther from the camera. Ah, Gotcha. There we go. How's that? And tilt the camera up and to the right just slightly. Ah, There we go. How's that? Perfect. I see it says High Health Calcium Plus. Ah, excellent. That was what I needed. All righty. Thank you so much, Kylie. Take care. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I had Kylie recently. She's a really good agent. Yay, Kylie. (laughs) Kylie is awesome. Now we're going to get to the fun part, the feedback screen. Skip. We can, of course, skip the feedback if you're in a hurry. How was Agent Kylie? Select your overall rating. Drop down. And you'll notice here, this is not just a, you know, um, oh, just rate the agent and you're done. No, we completely redid the feedback screen based on everybody's input. So you can rate the agent and the app separately. So good. we have good. Neutral. Bad. Neutral. Good. We're going to rate Kylie edit as good. Text. Any comments? Now, this takes you right into an edit field. And you can dictate a comment in there if you want, or you can type it using the phone keypad. Give Agent Kylie and Ira heart. Unchecked. This is a fun thing. Everybody said, you know what? We want something that is going to allow us to give the agents a, a, a gold star, basically. So anybody who does a live demo gets an Ira heart, of course. How was the Ira app? Select your overall rating. Here Drop down. Go. Good. Neutral. Good. Edit text. And Any comments? Edit. Flag call for urgent review. Unchecked. Now, if you Uh. check that box, yes, if something goes really wrong or you need to get somebody's attention about a call really quickly, you can check that box and a supervisor will take a look at that call right away. Provide additional feedback. Ooh, let's look at this. Additional feedback. This is different as well. Back. What did Agent Kylie do well? Select all that apply. Okay. Friendly. Unchecked. Okay, we'll check that one. Detail-oriented. Unchecked. Resourceful. Unchecked. Check that one. And when you check one of these boxes, I'll go back and show you that it's checked here. Detail-oriented. Checked. Resourceful. You simply hit the Enter button to check that. Okay. Efficient. Unchecked. How can we improve the IRA app? Select All all that apply. And here, we are just going to go through these for you. Low vision support. Unchecked. Audio quality. Unchecked. Screenwriter interaction. Unchecked. Other. Unchecked. Submit. There's our submit button. Navigation menu. And voila, you are back in the home screen. Home. Call an IRA agent. And you're right back down to call an agent again. I'm going to go ahead and get out of that. Edit so text. that. Any comments? Oh, there we go. Let's get out of that. IRA Explorer. Okay. Vision aids. Applications. And back Four to the seven. home screen. All right. That is the Blind Shell Classic 2. What do you think? You know, I played around with the original Blind Shell. Um, I, wow, I'm I'm impressed how much how much more they've done with it. Yeah, um, they have really just completely redone that phone. Um, I too looked at the the initial phone and thought, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
But this thing is just, it's its pretty impressive, I have to say. Um, and the camera on the back, I believe, is an 8 megapixel camera. Uh, taking pictures right now, you can do it, but we're working on a better uh, better experience with taking pictures. Um, we right now should be able to locate you via GPS, and you will need to ask the agent to invoke any of the access offers that you want to use, but you can absolutely use them. But wait, Anthony, there's more. Dun, dun, All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anybody making an I recall for the first time from their blind shell, whether they have owned a blind shell classic two forever, or whether they just bought one to use Ira with, you're going to get 200 minutes free. And those do not go away. So you can use those until you are done with them. And that is for anybody anywhere in the world who makes that first call. In fact, we had somebody from, I believe it was Germany the other day, uh, call in. They had a blind shell. They spoke English and said, you know what? I've got a SIM card for the U.S. I'm going to call in. And uh, so good stuff. Nice. So before we go on to the next demonstration, you filled out the, the feedback portion and mm -hmm. it brought up a question that I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, do the agents, so when we actually input our own feedback and, you know, Kali was incredible, she came up with a great solution or whatever you end up putting, do the agents see that? Do they get, you know, to know how, how um, uh, good or, or poor, if God forbid that ever happens, mm -hmm you know, their, the calls with us are. They do not get to see that directly. However, um, if, you know, there was a really good solution or something like that, their agent will bring that to their attention, but not with any identifying information from the call. You know, they, they'll try to protect your privacy as much as possible um, between you and the agent. Because I know a lot of people are concerned. I'm, I'm sure people have had experiences with other kinds of services, transportation comes to mind, where don't file a complaint against a bus driver. You know, <laughs> we have those <laughs> kinds of strange experiences. But no, here we, we maintain your privacy, but we definitely give them the comments. They love the comments. Uh, uh, and the constructive, if something does go wrong or you think an agent, you want to rate them as good, but you'd really like them to do something differently. That's why we put that neutral rating in there uh, so that you can say, yeah, they were OK, but uh, and then we will go to them and say, OK, you know what, let's let's work on this with you so that you can do better. Um, it's all about not punishing an agent for doing something incorrectly, but helping them to do better next time. And do you, you know, let's say an agent like Kylie does come up with a, a really cool creative solution for something and, and we give you that feedback. Do you share it with the other agents? So that, Absolutely. You know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If, if someone comes up with a way to do something or a resource or something like that, yes, the agents do a lot of sharing. Uh, the agent leads, the uh, leads of the day, the agent analysts, the senior agents, they all are always looking for things like that and when they share that feedback it's not you are not mentioned in the feedback it's you know i was talking to an explorer the other day and we discovered that if you do this then this happens and i thought it was a great tip so yes that kind of information gets exchanged between the agents that's awesome and i'm gonna um get i'm getting the envision glasses set up it, 
uh, we'll be doing that in a moment. But in the meantime, you know, the question that constantly comes up, I was wondering if you'd go over for a moment security for things like if you need to read a bank statement or a credit card statement, or if you want to have the agent put something in your, uh, is it the dashboard? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's actually they it? use. That's their tool that they use. And you have an IRA folder or profile. So in your IRA folder, you can store things, you can store documents, you can store pictures, um, all kinds of things. I have lots of appliance manuals in mine for some weird reason. Um, but anything that you want to store in there, you can store. And the only time that anybody has access to that folder is while you were on a call with an agent. So our, our senior people can't even get into your folder. So um, it, we are working on ways that you can actually manage your folder contents a little bit more efficiently uh, without having to waste your minutes to do that. Um, and that will be coming in future versions of the IRA app probably next year um, when we switch over a new version of our mobile app. will be coming out at some point early next year, we hope. So it's going to look a lot like what you just saw on the blind shell. Nice. And as to, you know, the security of yes. somebody reading your credit card number or, you know, your home address, anything like that. Yeah. Can you speak just a moment to us for just well, a moment about that? Oh, absolutely. And I'm sorry, I, I totally blew by that part of the question. But, um, <laughs> well, the biggest thing is that your agent is going through a VPN to your computer. So there is no direct link from your agent's computer to yours. So that is one piece of our security. But then we also have other security measures behind the scenes. But most importantly, our agents are bound by confidentiality agreements. They're also bonded. Uh, and we have never had an incident of information leaking. I'm going to knock on Formica here. Uh, but our agents really take seriously this whole thing about confidentiality because if they don't, you know, you don't trust us. And that that is just something we can't have. And at this point, trust is one of our biggest features. Um, I trust them with my credit card information. So do a lot of people, uh, medical documents, things like that. But also, if you're in a situation where you're doing something and you don't want that video on, you know, you say, okay, I, I know, you know, the agent can see the video, but I don't want a video record of this because we do use it for training purposes. I don't want that video record. You can ask the agent, can you please turn off the recording? And they will do that. And you can set that as a permanent feature or you can do it per call. So that's another way to handle sensitive information. Absolutely. You know, one tip that I'll throw out every time we, you and I get together on Sunday edition, I always try to have a fresh tip. Um, I recently started a new job. Yay. Um, <laughs> during my job search, you know, during my job search for, uh, you know, time, I uploaded my resume, uh, a couple of versions of a cover letter. And then I had the agent take pictures of my ID back in front, my social security card. So that way, if, you know, if I needed to put that information through for, you know, an actual, um, you know, w9 and all of those things i had it right there in the dashboard called up iro got had it sent to me via email and i could just forward it out right on to the prospective employer um Excellent. or 
I can open, you know, the resume file and then quickly, very quickly get it, copy it and send it off, especially because we're not always home. We're not always at our home computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I <laughs> hate trying to pull up a copy and all of that on my iPhone. I know a lot of people are good at it. Me personally, <laughs> it works oh. much quicker for me to do it with Ira. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna um, demo the Envision glasses now. Oh, yeah, and this just came out last Tuesday. Whoa. Yes, people have been waiting for this forever. <laughs> I was bothering you guys every couple of months. <laughs> uh huh. Uh -huh. And I couldn't say a word. I was like, Oh, Anthony, just wait, just hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm actually going to have the Envision, uh, a couple of people from Envision in a couple of weeks. I'm not sure if it's going to be on the 17th or the following Sunday in September. Ooh. We're working out the details. So I'm not going to go through the entire, you know, all of the menus and all of that because we're actually going to do an hour with them. But we're going to do the same thing. We're going to call an ally um, and I'll have them read something and, and look for something in, in the room here. Um, cool. But that offer that you were talking about for blind shell that sounded really familiar to me janine yeah because the same offer is available to anybody making that first call with your envision glasses yes and so you already have those points in your account anthony i'm sure because i think you were <laughs> you were probably one of the first people to make a call i think <laughs> yeah but we have had a lot of people making calls. Also, if you, we are selling the Envision glasses from now through October 31st. Of course, all of the technical support is, you can call our tech support guys, but um, most of it goes through Envision. Uh, but you can get a 10% discount on the glasses, which ends up being $249 uh, and 90-something cents uh, off on the glasses. And the purchase price of those is $2,500 roughly. It's $2,499. But there are also various dealers who have payment plans. So if that's something that you're interested in, we definitely understand that. And we would encourage you to go to the Envision webpage, which is letsenvision.com, I believe. Um, and there you can find dealers and payment plans and things like that. Absolutely. And a lot of states also have technology loan programs that are interest free. Yep. So that's something that you might want to. In fact, that's what I checked out. That's why I'm still paying my vision glasses off. Nice. But, um, <laughs> but I'm glad to be doing so. So the sound um, is directed to go into, you know, it's facing your ear. So it's going to be a little bit uh, a little bit lower than when we were listening to the blind shell, but let's take a trip with. Bluetooth language. All right. Display. Software. Oh, I must have. Time format. Twenty-four hour time notation. Time format. Device settings. And what Anthony is doing is using a finger to flick along the right side of the Envision glasses, uh, from your ear to your eyebrow basically, is a surface that's about an inch wide, uh, and that's your swipe pad. And they have a great tutorial when you start the glasses for the first yeah. time. And I end up having to take that because I can never remember the commands. <laughs> I have to develop well, some mnemonics for those. They just added a cool feature, um, and it's voice control. So you can uh, also use... Yes. So, but I'm giving you the... So when you... 
when you get into the call menu, you can call an ally, which is a really cool, it's it's sort of like FaceTime through the Envision app, and it will send a message to whoever you, you can put a bunch of allies in. Uh, it'll send a, per, a message to that person that you need a little bit of visual help. And if they answer the call, they can, you know, it's basically, they see what you see and, and can direct you. And, and they then, have to download the, the ally app, right? Yeah, they download an Ally app. Um, it takes all of like three minutes. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I added a bunch of people onto mine just in case. But now that I have Ira, I don't have to ask people to stop what they're doing and help me because there are paid agents who are probably better at it. <laughs> in fact, they're definitely better at it. Um, so, but let me show you the voice command as well. There's a hinge on the right-hand side where the glasses... The, Ira, uh, the Envision glass meets the frame. And on that hinge, if you hold it down, it'll give you a tone. And then you ask, call an Ira agent. Janine, you can hear that, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Hi, Leslie. Um, I am actually currently taping Sunday edition for the American Council of the Blind Media. I have Janine Stanley on as well, and we are demoing the Envision glasses. So I was wondering real quick, I'm going to pick something up if you could describe it for me. Currently, I see a bottle. Um, it says Diet Coke on it. It's got a silver label across the bottle. And right now, I'm currently seeing the nutrition facts on the left-hand side. It's the ingredients on the right. I see white bottle cap on the bottle. And currently, it looks like the sizing looks like... Uh, Is that better? Um, I might have a rotate bottle around. I can see this in the front area as well. And as you rotate, I see the bark mode, and I do see the Coca-Cola label on the front Diet Coke in right letters. Awesome. Red letters. Are you sure you want to enable privacy mode? Are you sure no. you want to enable No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> All right. Leslie, stop that. <laughs> Leslie, you're still there, right? Yeah. Can you tell me about this beautiful girl? is awesome and so you can answer one more question for us is the quality from the envision glasses comparable to if i were using my iphone all right well then thank you so very much i'm going to get back to the show um you have been very very helpful i hope you have a great weekend thanks <laughs> bye and so, folks, that is Ira on the Envision glasses. Yeah, the one thing you can't do right now from the Envision glasses is rate your call. However, you can, I believe, go back in the call history in the app and rate your call. So not a problem there. And um, just to kind of fill in, because it was a little hard to hear Leslie when she answered your last question, but um, the 
quality of the the video is is good it's great for navigating actually um it is not as good as the camera on the iphone simply because those cameras are meant to take pictures and video and the glasses are their google that google glasses say that five times um <laughs> but they are google glasses and the camera i believe is a 12 megapixel camera so it's a good camera but not quite as good as the camera on your iPhone or your Android phone directly. All right. Well, th this is pretty awesome, folks. We are we are just moving along here with the with these demos. And again, you're going to get those 200 free minutes when you make your first call. We can tell which device you're using to make these calls, whether you're calling from the desktop app, which we don't have that offer for yet because it's still in beta. But we do have it for the blind shell and for the Envision glasses. Anthony, did we lose he, you? He, we lost him. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh no. Yeah. So yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Byron, oh. Byron, do you recommend we go ahead and take the, the raised hand for Janine? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and do that? We'll sure, just keep we this. We can do that. We'll, we'll keep, keep it this, going. We'll keep this boat floating <laughs> exactly. until and he I was going to say, I have one more announcement. We're having a webinar about Blind Shell. Diana Ducharme and I uh, are going to be live on, let's see, Tuesday, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can sign up, get registered for that webinar at ira.io slash blindshell. And we'll repeat that before we before we leave as well. So, all right, let's let's get to some questions. All right, Margie, go ahead and unmute. Thank you. Hi, Janine. Hey, Margie. Um, <laughs> hey, I have a Ira question for you. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, I have a new dog, and I'm doing long walks and stopping in places that I've not been familiar with, just to have a mm -hmm. destination. Yep. Yesterday I was at Starbucks and I called an agent and we looked and she located my location on Google Maps and then I scanned around the store to find the door out and as I was having my refreshments and sadly enough she gave me very bad information and when I get home I find an email from her saying you know that she misinformed me blah 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 um, the good news is this. I always do things twice. I called back and spoke with a different agent, <laughs> which was really helpful because then I got the right information. Good. And what it amounted to, if I hadn't done that, I would have been wandering around the parking lot. My question is this. If an agent makes an error, is there, especially with something like that, why can't they call us back and correct that? Because, you know, waiting till you get home and looking at your emails a little late. Yeah, well, right now, we don't have a way to do that. However, one of the features that we're working on as we bring in the new mobile app is the ability to do a lot with your calls. In other words, to say when you start a call, hey, I'm going to be navigating. I want someone with specialties in navigation. I want XYZ. Uh, now, you know, I will say we have a lot of new agents that we brought on for the conventions and they're getting kind of used to navigating folks again. And so um, we probably took that opportunity to educate her on how she can better give directions or whatever it is you need the next time. So, um, but yeah, that that Good. is definitely something we wish that we could do right now. But at this point, you know, 
every call is with whoever picks up that call. So not doable gotcha. now, but possibly in the future. And please send us that suggestion, support at ira.io, because we take all these suggestions into account when we want to, you know, add a new feature, something like that. And this one, let's say you're working with an agent on a big project and you get cut off accidentally. You know, mm -hmm. you want to go back to that person, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So very similar to this situation. I'm, I'm glad you did get the uh, an agent who could help you, though. Yeah, and to end on a positive note, I used several agents yesterday as my dog was doing funny crossings, and they were all excellent. They, uh, it's the first time I've ever used um, Ira for mobility purposes, and I was quite impressed. So thank you. Good. You are welcome. And I did that with my new dog as well. Margie and I both have new dogs from the seeing eye, and uh, I am doing that to pattern my new dog as well to some places. So it does work great for that. Awesome. I had a technical glitch. He's yes. back. <laughs> I got dropped off out of nowhere and I, I, got, I was like, okay, Jeanine will handle it. I am sure. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely take some more questions before we transition. But um, did you have anything else to announce to us today? I did, and I, I actually announced it a little earlier, but we'll announce it again. We are having a webinar on Tuesday. That's the 30th of August. I almost said October. August at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and that is with Diane Ducharme and myself. Diane is from Blind Shell USA. We're going to go into more of the features of the Blind Shell. We'll be doing something very similar to what we did today with Anthony, uh, a little demo. And we're also going to be talking about uses for the blind show above and beyond just a cell phone. For example, what if you are employed and you really don't want to use a smartphone at work? You just, oh, do I have to learn to use a smartphone for this job? No. And so we're going to be talking about the blind shell at work, uh, a number of things, and you will need to register for this webinar. And the registration form is at ira.io slash blind shell. It is on that page. And you can also learn everything there is to learn about the blind shell, too. All right, awesome. Let's take a couple more hands. Sheila, who's up next? Okay. Um, let's see. I believe it's phone number 812 ending in 669. Please unmute and tell us who you are. Hi, it's Dolly from Southern Indiana. Oh, and, Dolly. Uh, I, um, I have um, two questions here. Um, number one, Sheila, uh, not Sheila, um, Janine, I have been trying to get a hold of you, and I, um, I don't know if I have your correct email address or anything. I didn't know if you got any of my messages regarding a conference that Ohio and Indiana are having. Ah, yes. Yes, I have received those. And I can tell you that this year we are not planning on going to any conferences that are, you know, fairly far away. If it was in Columbus, honestly, I would I would be there in a heartbeat, but um, not able to go if it, there's traveling involved. So now we are revising that as we go. So there's a possibility that I could still be there. However, not looking likely this year. Now, okay, if you, so yeah. That you want to send us any flyers or anything, we'd appreciate it. Oh, super. We can do that. And if you have a virtual element to your conference, um, we're happy to do virtual. We can do those, you know, all night and day. Um, but it's the in-person stuff that we're still easing back into. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. 
And my second question is, um, does the blind shell work with the other providers like um, AT&T, Comcast, you know? Ooh, that is... Yeah, that's a good question. One I did not mention in the beginning. I'm sorry. The blind shell right now only works with T-Mobile and services that use the T-Mobile towers. Now, here's the funny thing about blind shell. If you live anywhere else in the world, literally, you can use the blind shell on any network you want. Because the U.S. has such a weird cell phone system, um, you can only use it on T-Mobile at this time. But I know blind shell is working to um, broaden that and be able to have it on more different carriers. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dolly. Sheila, who's awesome? Carol, you may unmute. Hi, I have a question about um, the Envision glasses. Yes, ma'am. Uh, when you received them, someone mentioned that the lenses are not connected to the uh, frame and that we have to connect them. Is that true? Yes. Um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of postings about it on various social medias. Um, I had a very easy time of it. What I did was just follow the right side of the frame, holding the Google Glass piece. And it's the arm. It's that's the arm, the right arm. There is no. Uh, so when the frame comes, there's a left arm and the front. And as you follow up the, the right hand side, you'll feel the slot slide it in. And there you go. Okay, it's, thank you. It takes a minute to get used to, but once you get used to it, it's very easy. And they come with a titanium band frame, but you can also purchase um, a, another frame. And uh, I am actually going soon to get my, they are clear lenses, and I'm going to get them tinted so that they're sunglasses. Oh, oh very nice. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, sure. Sheila. All right. And you know what, that. I was going to say, that is a great application for the web app. Um, Anthony, if you want to take a quick minute, get somebody to help you put those glasses together, you can fire up the web app and the agent can help you right there. Absolutely. All right, Sheila, who's up? Penny. Hi, Penny. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning, Anthony and Janine. How are you doing? Hey, Kenny, um, how are you? I'm fine this morning. Uh I kind of came in and I, I wasn't sure, but all of the apps that you were demonstrating on the blind shell, did you say that they come in that automatically when you purchase the phone? Yes, that is correct. Um, there are some. Oh, that you can, so you don't have uh, to download. There are some you can oh, download wow. from the app store if you want. Like Ira will be one that you'll go to their app catalog and download Ira, but they're all free. So all of those are free to download. Now, the apps like Ira may have a cost for the service, but downloading mm -hmm. the apps is free. It comes with a ton of apps, Kenny. So you will be, I really like the internet radio. I was really impressed with that. Okay. So you demonstrated Ira right then. It, and it comes with Ira and the phone, or I would definitely have to download Ira. You would definitely have to download it, but it's a very easy process. And um, like I was saying in the beginning, the whole purpose of this phone is to be totally accessible. There's also a Blind Shell 2 uh, list, and it is, let me make sure I get the title of the list right, Blind Shell 2, that's B-L-I-N-D-S-H-E-L-L -L, and the number two plus subscribe 
at groups.io and you can subscribe to that list and people are very helpful there. They can talk you through just about anything. <clears throat> okay, thank you. One other question. Um, I'm not into technology a lot, but when you were going into the apps and the phone are coming out, how did you do that? How were you going in? How do you go into the app and come out of that? Ah, you You're do double that. tapping or you? Yeah, actually, nope, you do not have to double tap. They're all buttons. So you control this thing all by buttons. No touch screen, no swiping, no tapping. Um, it has buttons. Um, and I will tell you, Diane at Blindshell USA is phenomenal about talking you through when you buy the phone, um, exactly how to get set up, how to use all of the different controls. Um, she is great. So um Hopefully, you'll be able to join us on Tuesday afternoon. Um, but if you're not, we may have it on the podcast feed. I'm not sure right now exactly what we're going to do with that webinar, but we will have it available at some point. But I would highly encourage you to talk to Diane at Blind Shell USA. Okay, great. Awesome. It mm -hmm. sounds simple and easy, and that is my middle name. <laughs> well, it definitely is simple and easy, Kenny. So, you know, right. we, we hope that you'll give it a try. All right. Thank well, you guys have a great day. Take care. Thank you so much. And, you know, that brings me to um, a moment where I can shout out some of my friends at Florida Vision Technology. If you look them up on YouTube, they have some incredible tutorials. and yes. And um, they can walk you through the vision glasses, the phones, and there's some really, really great information. That's Florida Absolutely. Vision Technology. Look them up on YouTube. Sheila, how many more hands do we have? One. Okay, let's take it. DJ. Hello, everybody. Thank you for uh, taking my call here. Good hearing Sheila. Uh, Anthony, and this demonstration is, is fascinating. Uh, I know that we did have a representative um, sometime ago in our chapter that demonstrated these glasses. It's a little dicey price-wise, but it is premium. You did answer one of my questions about a payment plan because, you know, there are those who, you know, maybe like to uh, have these devices, but, you know, affording them is, you know, kind of hard. So it's good that, you know, that, you know, they have some kind of a payment plan. So that's a good thing too. But my other questions that I wanted to ask, some time ago, I think it was a couple of months ago, uh, in the IRA newsletter, um, it was advertised that um, IRA was looking for agents. Um, is that still is that still going on now that they're looking oh, for agents? Yes. <laughs> the reason we why are, I asked that because yep. I just left Michigan and um, my cousin, uh, I have a cousin that's up there. And when I told his wife uh, about Ira, um, she, her, her ears perked up and she was really interested and whatnot. So how do I go about um, giving her the information? Do I just give them the website to go to? Yep. Or you can give her the that? website. Absolutely. That's ira.io, A-I-R-A dot I-O. And there is a, a link on there that says um, if you'd like to be an agent, and it'll take her right to the page that tells her all about our agents, uh, starts her in that process of taking the introductory test, um, mm -hmm. and lets her know kind of what being an agent is like. 
And we oh, okay. are always hiring, always, always, always for anybody who, you know, is having difficulty getting an agent. It's taking a while on the weekends, whatever. Uh, please know that we are always hiring. And so if you know anybody uh, within the U.S. or that is a U.S. citizen, please give them our info and we are happy to uh, put them through the process. I know also during that same newsletter, there was an uh, offer of, you know, extended if if we knew of anybody or something like that, there that we would get discounted with minutes Ooh, or something like that. There. You got, man, you have an excellent memory, DJ, because <laughs> <laughs> that is our referral program. And if you right. refer somebody and they put your name down on their application as the referral, once they're mm-hmm. here for 90 days, you are going okay. to get uh, some minutes credited to your account. I don't know how many off the top of my head, uh, but you are going to get some credit for finding them, and they will be a valued member of our team within 90 days. And we have some people who started that out, and their 90 days is going to be coming to an end here soon, so they're going to be uh, getting some IRA rewards for finding us good people. Well, that's tremendous. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Anthony, this is an awesome call. Oh, by the way, Thank you did great on your song last night. <laughs> on Thank you. Thank you so much. Anthony, you. we do Welcome. have another hand, and I'm not sure if she's at, has a question for Janine or if she's just raising her hand because she's your next guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, Lori. <laughs> So, yes, as a follow-up to that, Janine, thank you very much. Hey, um, Lori. Hi. So I actually have a client who, through my employment network, that I referred to you guys because I was on the phone with her one day, and she was describing how her little nephew just took his first steps. Oh. And her language was, like, so descriptive, and I was just like, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yes, send her our way, please. I, I sent her your way, and two things. She got a very smell that had what it was. So she reapplied thinking like something had gone wrong with her application. Mm. Um, But my other question is, do they do part-time work or just full-time work? It is part-time. You can, there is a minimum hour requirement, and I am not exactly sure what that is now. I can certainly find out for you, but I would say go to ira.io and uh, click on that uh, I want to be an agent link. And that will have all the info that somebody needs. Um, We do have that minimum requirement. um, And I will tell you, it is not easy to become an IRA agent. Um, A lot of people who apply and who are wonderful don't make it for whatever reason. Um, Sometimes it's their technology, their internet access, um, a whole range of things. But yeah, and believe me, if you applied and something strange happened or you might have gotten turned down once, um, go ahead and try to apply again. I tell people, you know, circumstances change. So, yeah, she she had a bad experience, like applying for one of those, you know, remote oh. work, yada, yada, yada. So mm-hmm. now she's very cautious. And oh, I don't blame her. So mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know about this. And, you know, so I'll just tell her to, to apply because she mm-hmm. hasn't heard anything like okay so yeah definitely and how long ago was that uh since the end of june oh okay yeah definitely tell her to apply again she can also call our customer care team and talk to someone and um they would be happy to talk with her that number be ah excellent because i always forget to give the number it is 800 835 
1934. Got it. Sorry about our All other right. dog barking in the background. <laughs> so, Lori, we will be speaking with you in just a few moments. Janine, I wanted to ask you a two-part question as we close out our time. Um, yes, how can people either share their minutes or gift minutes? And the second part of that is, can you give us any information on the pricing structure that the change that will be coming into effect in the new oh. year? Well, that last question is an easy one, and the answer is no. <laughs> I have no information. We have no information. I got 14 um, emails asking yep. me to ask that question. Oh, I so. bet. I bet. I know people are really anxious to find out what the pricing structure will be. We will put that out in January, um, and that's all I've got for that one. <laughs> Sorry. But um, how can you share minutes and uh, gift minutes? You can go onto our website. If you would like to gift someone minutes, you can send them a gift of minutes. All the prices for the minutes are up there and the form that you fill out. Now, when you send somebody a gift, the minute you fill out that form, they get a text. So if you want it to be a surprise, <laughs> you might want to wait until the exact moment that you want them to open that gift, but that is ira.io slash gift dash card, or you can type gift card in the search feature at the top of the website, and that'll get you there. Um, and if you want to share a plan, if you are on the standard or the advanced plan, not the intro, but the standard or the advanced, you can share that plan with two other people. And there is a section in the app where you can share your minutes. I believe it's under usage, and I think it's also under the more tab in the app where you can share your minutes with someone, and you just need to put in their um, email and phone number. They'll get a code to download the app and get registered onto your plan. And um, regarding the pricing, the ACB offer is still available through, Ooh. yes, through December 31st. Now we'll have more information on what our special plan offers are after that. But if you want to get established and you want to get in with us, uh, go ahead and Call customer care. This one you have to call care to get activated. So that's 1-800-835-1934 or support at ira.io. And ask them uh, to let them know you want to take advantage of the ACB power plan. The intro plan is $20 a month for 30 minutes. So you save $9 on that one. And then the standard ACB power plan is $100 a month for 140 minutes. So you get 20 extra minutes on that plan. So less money, more IRA. I know two individuals who are in different cities who are sharing a plan, um, the power plan, the ACB power plan. And they, nice. they piggyback month, one month, one pays, the next month, the other one pays. And, um, you know, they're splitting 100 and, uh, 150 minutes, I believe you just said, Excellent. right? Yep, 140, yeah. That's great. And that's exactly what you can do. And that's a great way. You say, you know what, I'm not going to use 120 or 140 minutes. You can share it with a friend, with a family member. It's a good way for couples to share a plan on, mm -hmm. you know, and be able to have those two different devices. And by the way, for the price increases in January, if you are sharing a plan, you are counted as having a plan. Awesome. Whether you are the prime plan holder or not, you are counted as having a plan. So you can keep that plan through 
if it's not one of our specialty ones, which those get negotiated. So we'll we'll keep you up to date on that. But if you've got one of the standard intro or advanced plan, you'll get to keep it. All right. Well, Janine, thank you so much for visiting with us again. I'm sure you are welcome as always. And I will turn you over to the capable uh, hands of Lori and Mike. Yes. Welcome, 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 Lori Scharf and Mike Dino. Thank you for coming to Sunday Edition. Thank you. I'm here. <laughs> Glad Lori, to be here? back. There we go. All right. So there's been some chatter on the list recently, and you know people are can always use a refresher course. So I thought let's get the experts in here to walk us through some of the benefit questions that have been out there. So Lori and Mike, it's your floor. Take it away. Well, um, Mike and I do work through an employment network and we've been doing this work. I've been doing it since 2012. Do you guys hear a terrible echo or is it just me? Just you. Okay. Um, And Mike has been doing it uh, probably since about 2017. And... Since 2019, we've been both doing just employment network work. And I'm going to let Mike explain what an employment network is. So it's a little different than going to your vocational rehabilitation provider. Um, Very often we see people that maybe have had bad experiences with rehab or have the training and the skills, but don't want to deal with the bureaucracy. So Mike... All right. Well, uh, I usually allow Laurie to say that I'm a bad historian, but uh, I've been doing network work, uh, employment network, since probably about 2008. Uh, I've been doing it quite a long time. At one time, I was running an employment network for an independent living center. Employment networks have been around for a while. They kind of came out of the ticket to work program. I don't know if folks remember back in the 90s when the tickets came out. Um, As blind folks, we were telling one another, stay away from it, don't bother with it, to throw it up. If they send you a ticket, tear it up, throw it away. It's no good. Um, But things have changed since then. And we, let me just tap one second. Mike and I are both uh, certified work incentive practitioners. Go ahead, Mike. And, uh, you know, so th- that's uh, where we came from, the employment networks. And um, it, it turns out that employment networks um, were able to maintain a contract with Social Security and provide ticket services. And the Social Security Administration actually pays the employment network only if the participant, the ticket holder, the ticket owner goes to work and gets a job and they have to get a job at or above um, what's called SGA, uh, substantial gainful activity. And if they get that job and they maintain that job, the employment networks are paid and they have to maintain that job for up to five years for someone like uh, one of us, the employment networks to collect the full benefit because it goes on for quite a long time. Um, where, whereas we get paid larger amounts in the beginning, but after the first year, it kind of goes down to a steady um, payment of a couple of hundred dollars each month. So long as that uh, ticket is still working. 
So, you know, if you're only getting, um, say, $300 per ticket, um, and you got three tickets or oh, 10 tickets, let's keep it easy, 10 tickets uh, working. So you're talking about $3,000 a month coming into your uh, account, which is okay. And so you have to maintain some sort of client base. After five years, they fall off. And so you have to you know, continually um, renew those tickets and, and get new ticket owners um, into your program so that you can continue that revenue coming into your accounts. Um, what we, we, go ahead. Mike, if I can just stop you one second. Unlike uh, rehab, very often rehab will close you within 90 days, six months, depending on what the situation is in your state and who they have to follow your case once you've been employed. We, like Mike said, we can follow you for 36 to 60 months, three years to five years, depending on what your benefits are from SSI or SSDI. And we work hard at making sure that you're not just in a job and that's it. We're making sure that you have the supports you need, the adapt adaptive equipment, in a training that you might need that type of stuff. Right. And I tell my participants, I, I'm not looking to get you a job and working, whereas uh, VR may be looking to just get you employed, you know, first basic job that comes along. I'm looking to get you into a a, a, a well-rounded career that you're going to want to keep. You want that job I want to put you in because I want to keep you working and I want to make sure that your benefits, you maximize those benefits as they go away. Because once the benefits start falling off, they fall off pretty quickly. But what we want people to understand is that when those benefits fall off, you should be earning well above what you were getting from those benefits. And, um, you know, many of those benefits as they go away, you know, you're okay with them going away because many times, many of my people are, are almost doubling their income by the time they're working full time and, and found that career that they want to be in. And so, you know, I really want them to be there. So I'm going to work to keep them there. And hopefully they are also going to work to keep themselves there. Um, what I tell folks all the time is that the hardest part of getting that job is actually getting that job. Once you're in, you're in. And the job is pretty easy to keep um, for folks who have had jobs um, that they enjoy being in. They, they know it's, it's pretty easy to keep a job that you love because you want to be there and you look forward to going there each and every day and, and doing what you want to do. Um, with the pandemic, a lot of folks are looking to work from home. Um, we basically have become pretty good at finding those types of jobs and getting people working from home. And uh, if folks were at the earlier, you know, event here with Janine, you know that those folks are working from home. So there are a lot of home jobs now. And uh, the employment networks basically exist at the will of Social Security. We have to be certified by Social Security. They want to know that we are um, background checked and uh, they actually do a quite extensive background check to see where you've been and what you've done over your many years of whatever it is that you've done. And, uh, you know, we've had um, the um, state police come to our home 
for fingerprinting and questions and, and uh, you know, that kind of stuff, because they want to do those background checks and make sure that we are qualified to handle social security numbers with dates of birth and addresses and names. So, you know, we have a lot of people's personal information. Um, as I and said, we, we, we don't maintain that information in here in hard copy. Everything is done through a secure database that we access through the American Dream Employment Network, which we are a member employment network of. So um, we are putting people's information into a secure database that's um, got two-step authentication and all that mm -hmm. fun stuff. You know? Right, and, and, and that's where I was gonna go. Back when I got into this work, um, <clears throat> the social security contract was fairly easy. And you just basically had to provide some basic stuff and maintain basic records and in a secure location, of course, but um, it wasn't so um, in depth that it is now. The Social Security Administration uh, basically made their contract very difficult to maintain. And as I said, I was with the Independent Living Center running an employment network out of that ILC. And uh, then what happened was when the contract became complex, my director decided that she was no longer going to maintain that contract with Social Security and sent me packing with my employment network to uh, find a new place, a new home. <laughs> and that was when I went looking for what is called an administrative network. Uh, when, when I was living in New York, there was an administrative network in New York. I didn't choose that one. I chose the one that um, we are part of now, which is a nationwide employment network. And they maintain that secure database. Um, they don't uh, allow anybody within the back rooms of that database. Uh, we are asked to provide all of our intake information within that database so that we're not maintaining it here at our home in our computers. And uh, they ask us to shred um, all of the documentation to the extent that uh, we're not even allowed to email our clients with any what they call personal information in the email. We have to do everything via mail or uh, telephone or in person because they don't want us to um, put anything over the internet that can be hacked into. So it is a very secure way of operating. If you find a network um, that you wanna work with, you should do your homework, make sure that they are a reputable network. Our network is recognized. They are actually under the uh, umbrella of the uh, National Disability Institute, NDI. Um, depending on how you feel about them, but uh, they are part of that network. And so they have the um, encompassing of a nationwide recognized uh, provider of services for people who are disabled. And, um, you know, we chose them and they've been good to us. We, uh, they take a portion of what comes in from social security and we get 80% of uh, what comes in as, as our earnings. So, it's working for us. And, uh, you know, if, if you are a certified work incentive practitioner, uh, whereas I hold two, I hold one for 
from uh, Cornell University, and I also have one from the uh, Virginia uh, Commonwealth mm-hmm. University. And, uh, and I, also, I also hold a youth certification. So uh, they're uh, not easy to get. They require a lot of testing and a lot of uh, homework, a lot of tedious work. But, uh, you know, I have it. And, uh, you know, if you want to send folks my way, I'm happy to work with them. So <laughs> why don't we awesome. go over some of the work incentives that are out there for people so um, that people can understand. Why don't you talk about some of the SSI, Supplemental Security Income Work Incentives, Mike, and I'll do the SSDI ones. All right. Social Security, SSI, uh, Supplemental Security Income. Um, I kind of explain to folks that the SSI program is basically a federal welfare program. They're uh, providing um, some sort of basic benefit for food and shelter to folks who have no means of providing it for themselves. So if you're receiving SSI, you're basically receiving federal welfare. That has a maximum um, check benefit number right now of $841 per month. Um, There may be a state supplemental uh, on there also, but some of the work incentives that go with that, unfortunately, it goes away very quickly. The first $80 or $85 is uh, forgiven. So you're allowed to keep that first $85 with no questions asked. Um, That um, includes the Uh, unearned income uh, exclusion and the earned income exclusion, which is 65 for earned income and $20 for unearned income. So that gets excused right away. They don't count that first 85, but they do count every bit after that. And uh, if you're a student under 26 years old, um, that's the greatest benefit. You get to write that off almost dollar for dollar, actually dollar for dollar. Uh, of your earnings. I'm sorry, it's 22, Mike. Oh, it's not 26. I thought it was no. 22. And uh, I, I do look this stuff up when I'm working with folks. I don't, I don't necessarily quote myself well. But uh, I, I uh, 22 and years the, old. The earned income, the uh, student earned income Exclusion. amount for this year is $2,040. So if you think of somebody who's getting SSI of $840 and they're a student and 22 years or younger, and they're earning $2,400 gross per month, that's a lot of money that gets disregarded. Their income is almost quadrupling. Um, So, and they're also then building their own savings. The maximum amount for the whole year for SSI that you're able to decrease the income for the uh, student earned income credit is $8,230. So as you can see, it doesn't last the whole year per se. Um, So I had a student who I was working with in New York, and he had two jobs, very ambitious. And when I started working with him, he was 17. He wasn't quite 18. He had a part-time job at at a fast food restaurant, and he had a part-time job on campus when he went to college. And this benefit allowed him to really do very, very well. Um, Then there are some, for SSI recipients, there's the uh, blind work expenses. Um, 
So why don't you talk a little about those, Mike? That's another way that your income gets, um, you know, basically, it's almost like a disregard and it's a formula. So, and it's kind of hard to really go over, you know, without looking at actual numbers, but that's something else that- But it, it raises the threshold basically as right. Well, it, and it's it's really funny because there, there is the, the earned income work, you know, you, you can basically take that off, but the, they, the social security administration down through their algorithm ends up dividing the earnings in half. So, uh, you know, most of those um, dollars will come off beforehand with uh, work exclusion, uh, work expenses, and, and, you know, all that is before the division. Unf well, very fortunately for pe people who are blind, the blind work exclusion comes off after that division. So basically, if you had $1,000 worth of uh, earned income that they were counting up to the division, they divided in half. Now you got $500 of, um, that they're counting. But if you're blind, they, they, they take that $1,000, they divide it in half, and then they start looking at blind work uh, exemptions, which include the taxes that you pay. So any taxes that you pay for the money that you've earned comes right off of that after the division. So think about, you know, taxes. How much do you pay in taxes each and every month? Uh, $200 a month. So now that's gone totally. Dollar for dollar is gone. So now you're uh, down to looking at $300. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. uh, you, if you pay for work uniforms, if you pay for transportation, you can take that and, off. If you pay we, for food and, and, and uh, lunch while you're at work, um, you can take that off. So there are great benefits to the blind work exemption when, when you take those off. And you can almost get your income down to zero and keep every penny that you earn while not learning, while not losing your social security uh, SSI. So the other thing I would just like to mention is, is with SSI, it is your transportation to and from work, and that does not have to be specialized transportation. Whereas with uh, supplemental, uh, I'm sorry, social security disability insurance, that does technically have to be specialized transportation. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. Um, and so these are the types of things, though, that an employment network would work with you on a monthly basis to keep track of these types of things. Um, we do require that individuals report their earnings to us monthly, um, and we help them track their different types of expenses, but they are also still responsible for reporting to the Social Security Administration. So... Because, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong, these, these are all calculated during tax season. So you're not – they're not – these numbers aren't calculated on a month-by-month -month basis. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. They, sh they should be calculated, especially for somebody on SSI, on a monthly basis. Individuals on SSI should be reporting their earnings either through um, their My Social Security account, which gets a bit tricky because you can't submit your blind work expenses. Um through that as well. So you're reporting one thing, but then you still have to submit hard copy for other things. Um, the other big complication that we're seeing is that because of the backlog at Social Security, mail has been held. So it, in some places, it's actually been lost. Um, you know, we have people that have sent things, returned receipt, and 
they never got back the receipt, that type of thing, or this receipt was signed for and now all the mail is just sitting there in boxes. Um, so it should be reported on a monthly basis. Um, and the quicker and the more timely that people report their earnings, the less likely an overpayment would be. Um, so the only time that earnings really are, are looked at on an annual basis would be if somebody is self-employed. And that really would be for both SSI and SSDI. Hey, Lori, can I ask you a question? Uh, would you possibly be able to pull your microphone down uh, below your mouth and, and nose just a little bit? Because we're getting a lot of popping peas. <laughs> um, no, it actually got worse. <laughs> no, too far down. Yeah, it's too far down now. It's just we're getting a lot of wind uh, when you were talking, and I wanted to is, see if we could fix is that. that good? A little bit closer. Better. That's good. Thank yes. you. Thanks, Byron. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for clarifying that. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, the services that, you know, if there is technology that needs to be, do you work with the employers as well to make sure that once a person is placed, they have everything that they need so they can have a successful run at the job they're placed in? Well, as an employment network, we don't receive any financial assistance to pay for technology, technology or anything like that. My per our personal feelings are basically that any company that somebody's going to work for really should be providing them with the basic technology necessary for that job. And, you know, with regards to adaptive technology, doing a job, <clears throat> that should be discussed on an individual case by case basis and individuals should be you know discussing those types of things once employment is offered um and you know I, all this time after the ADA has been signed companies really have i feel an obligation to help make their environment accessible um you know, that whether that be through the purchase of the screen reader or something like that. We personally do not provide that service. There are employment networks out there that do, um, but we, uh, we will refer to the job accommodation network so that folks might want to look into that if they need those types of accommodations. Uh, we do inform our people about accommodations and let them know that, you know, it's up to them to do that self-advocacy work and make it known. And we talk about disclosure and non-disclosure, you know, being their choice. But um, if you're looking for an accommodation, disclosure is critical. I have a client right now who is working for a government contractor and she's been there for over a year. She um, had her only disability is a severe mental illness and she's, she had been homeless for about 10 years and she has been working for just over a year um, as a paralegal for the federal government as a contractor and she holds a JD in law, and she has now been applying for jobs as a um, administrative law judge, and has really built her self confidence over the last year, 
and realized, you know what, I can do this work. So she went from earning about $1,100 a month in social security disability to earning over $80,000 a year. And she has chosen to not disclose her disability. So therefore she didn't do a schedule A to get into the federal government or anything like that. Um, You know, but she still is working for a federal contractor right now, but she is choosing not to schedule A into the federal government. So swinging back towards, um, you know, the SGA and all that, I think, I think it's confusing for a lot of folks. Once you have that steady employment and you're going, a lot of, a lot of people think that, okay, your social security is going to drop once you have a couple of months or a year or two years. Can you walk us through what that cycle kind of looks like? Sure. So with social security disability insurance, SSDI, um, individuals have what's called a trial work month or a TWP trial work period. And you have nine of those months. And once somebody's gross earnings, whether they're blind or not for 2022, once those earnings are over $970 per month, they then use a trial work month. The, there are no offsets. So basically what they're doing is they're looking at what your earnings are. That income cannot be averaged during those nine months. So they have to look at, you know, what your actual gross income is. With social security disability insurance, for example, if you have a contract job and it lasts 90 days and you're paid $7,000 at the end of the contract, but the contract started three months before, that 7,000 is gonna be divided by 90 um, to figure out what your earnings are because it really, um, you know, they have to look at when you actually earn that income, not when you received it, where with social, with supplemental security income, it's when did you receive the payment? Um, So the, once you, you have those nine trial work months, and then you have the, uh, the uh, cessation and the grace month. So those are three months there those months do not have to be consecutive. So say you work for six months and then you're off for two months because you have a job at, the, at a school and then you go back to work and you start working again. So, um, you know, basically that's when your mo- trial work months would start up again once you return to work. So those months do not need to be consecutive. Once those cessation and grace months end, that's when the substantial gainful activity level or SGA that people always say, oh, blind people, we can earn more. So in 2022, the figure for non-blind individuals is 1350. And for blind people, it's 2060. And that's gross income unless you're self-employed. And then there are some other factors that come into play. Um, And so after the, the trial work months, the cessation in the grace months, and you then have what starts your EP. EPE, expanded period of eligibility, and that's an additional 36 months. So at this point, you would not necessarily be eligible for, you may be getting benefits, but not eligible for them. So you may be getting an overpayment, but 
you have an additional 36 months that's where is once your earnings fall below the substantial gainful activity level, you should receive a social security disability check for that month. So say you're, you're now, you know, working with earnings of $3,500 a month. Right. And then all of a sudden, okay. Um, you know, something happens and your hours get cut to half time and you're at um, $1,500, just about $1,500 a month, it falls below substantial gainful activity and your check should then be able to be turned back on then within that 36 month period. So that's another assurance of your benefits, <clears throat> basically starting. Um, and then we also have expedited reinstatement, which is basically after your EPE ends. And they can then do expedited reinstatement for five years. five years. And those five years, your benefits can be turned back on by as long as your disability continues, your same disability that you had before. Um, they can then turn your check back on. And, um, you know, you do have that five month um, waiting period, but you can apply during those five months. And you can, they, they'll give you SSI while you wait those five months. Yeah, if you meet the uh, resource test, which is uh, very low, it's a $2,000 a month for a single individual. So let me throw an example or two out at you, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you, you've gone through your your year period, um, the grace months, and now you're into your actual 36 months. If mm -hmm. something happens, um, you know, and let's say you break your leg or, you know, for some reason you can't work for a few months, you haven't been, you know, you, you're over that substantial, you know, the substantial limit. So you're not getting a check from Social Security every month. But now, you know, this has happened in your life. Your check will come the next month. If you contact them before a certain date, it's usually around the 20th of the month. If you contact them before the 20th of the month and say, look, I broke my leg. I'm not working. I won't, you know, my, my other disabilities continue. I won't be working next month. Turn my check back on. You'll receive, you should receive a check the following. Right. And so after, you know, one thing I think that people fail to, you know, grasp is all this period, you're also paying into what your check is going to look like when you're ready to retire. Mm -hmm. as well that's true that's you know even during all of these months so you, yes. you you're not paying in after the 36 months and the whole year before that you're paying every moment that you're working right mm -hmm. yes yeah as as long as you um are paying taxes you know you can earn up to four quarters per year and based on your age you know really would determine um you know, I've had young adults who have transitioned from SSI to SSDI very early on, like 19, 20 years old, because their earnings are so high so that they're now getting an SSDI check um, or their, I should say their SSI had previously stopped their, and, and Social Security evaluates them to see if they're eligible for SSDI um, you know, based on the fact that they now have enough quarters accrued 
through Social Security, um, because at that age, you, you, there is a lesser number of quarters that you need. Um, Can you talk to us a little bit about me- folks that are on Medicare and go back to work? So with Medicare, you can preserve your Medicare coverage for up to 90, uh, up to seven years. And you would wind up paying the premium um, yourself, depending on what state you're in and depending on some other factors. Sometimes there are subsidies for that. Um, You know, but if you are working full time, very often employer coverage may be better than what you would get through Medicare. Um, Although there are some pretty good Medicare HMOs out there or Medicare Part C C providers, I should say. Um, But that is also something that people should be aware of. And with Medicaid, um, people who are on Medicaid or duly on Medicare and Medicaid, many states, not all, have what's called Medicaid buy-in for working people with disabilities and those assets per month, as well as the monthly earnings are much higher than what they would be for community Medicaid. Um, so that is something to be aware of. And I'd like to just There, there jump. are also ways to save um, through some such things as an ABLE account that Medicaid does not look at those uh, savings towards your assets. And, and I'd like to just jump in for folks who are on SSI and receiving Medicaid you can maintain your Medicaid ongoing for a very long time. Yes. Uh, after your uh, SSI benefit goes away and you stop receiving payments through a program that's called 1619B. And if you uh, choose to retain your Medicaid under 1619B programs, I'm working with um, someone right now who just can't afford to pay their employee uh, premiums. And she has chosen to maintain her 1619B, even with the good job that she has, because she doesn't have to pay for it. And she knows she's comfortable. Her doctors accept her Medicaid. So she keeps her Medicaid. But on the months, because she works 10 months a year, and uh, on the two months that she does not work, she's able to call social security and turn on her social security SSI benefit for those two months while she's not working. So there are a lot of great benefits out there if you know how to use them. And uh, we refer to them as um, the ladder out of poverty and learning how to climb that ladder so that you can, you know, work your way up that ladder and and get out of that hole of poverty. And, uh, you know, if you can do it, it's great. You just have to know how to optimize your benefits while you do it. So, Lori, I had asked you a question when, when we spoke about today's show, um, and I'm, I'm going to rephrase it to, uh, you know, individual responsibility. If someone is going to work with an employment network or they're going to work with an employment benefits counselor or anything like that, what are some questions that they should be asking to make sure that they're getting, you know, a good qualified person and somebody who's really going to walk them through everything they need to know? Well, I, I, that's a really hard question, sort of, because unfortunately, Social Security does not require that employment networks provide 
uh, benefits counseling. So sometimes you can have an employment network that, that will farm your, your benefits side of things out to somebody else. So it just adds an extra layer to who you'd have to interface with. Um, so the employment network that we, the administrative employment network that we work through requires that all of their employment networks associated with them have certified work incentive practitioners on staff. Um, unless they don't, you know, sometimes maybe their caseloads are too high and they wind up referring someone out, um, you know, that type of thing. Um, I would say to people that it can be confusing. Um, I have come across people over, uh, prior to leaving New York State, I used to do benefits counseling for the Commission for the Blind in New York, and I would come across people in New York all the time that were not classified as blind through the Social Security Administration. So that is something that's very important to check. The other thing is that you really need to document, you know, why you need your, med um, you know, what is your medication, uh, you know, not just this is a bill for my medication, you know, you need to show Social Security, you know what, without my blood pressure medicine, without my heart medicine, without my eye drops, I wouldn't be able to work. So those then on SSI become employment related work expenses or on SSDI become blind related work expenses if you're blind or impairment related work expenses if you're not. And those for SSDI purposes, the um, impairment related work expenses only reduce your income after you have used your trial work months and your cessation in your grace months. So now, how about things like technology that you would purchase? Like we were talking about Ira before and mm -hmm. vision glasses and so, iPhone. Yep. Do things like that qualify as well? Um, they can. It is at the discretion of Social Security, but I have had clients that are successful in documenting to Social Security that they pay out of pocket and they don't get reimbursement from their employer for those things. Um, it is a trade-off because it's either you use it as an impairment-related work expense or you take it off on your taxes. You can't do both because that would be like double dipping. Double, yeah. But, but you can. Um... You can, if it's a large, expensive piece of equipment, like, so say, say you won the lottery and you got $5,000 and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go buy those Envision glasses. Not to pick on them, but, and I'm going to buy them out, <laughs> find somebody that has a payment plan. And you plunk down the 2,500, I think Janine said, um, okay, fine. But you can then spread that out over the 12 month period to reduce your earnings for the next 12 months. So basically you divide that out over the 12 month period. Interesting. And like and we, for those have, we have a sheet that we use with people. So it's, you know, it's like your, um, your gross earning, your net earning, uh, impairment related work expenses, the amount, and then, you know, they understand that they're responsible for attaching receipts. <clears throat> Interesting. And for those of us that have guide dogs, um, is mm -hmm. any of those expenses Yes. Are any of those expenses um, 
what would you call it deductible or or um, counted yes mm -hmm. again, yeah. again you would have to figure out is it an it, for SSI purposes you most certainly would want to use it as a blind related work expense um, and um, you know for SSDI purposes it would be an impairment related work expense is there anything else that you guys want to um, throw out to folks before we start taking questions? I know the only thing I could think of saying would be that I really think, um, you know, that people still, there's so much employment out there that it's always time to look for work and that looking for work is the hardest part. Um, you know, very often, once you get the job, you know, you use your tools in your toolbox that you live your daily life with to maintain that employment. I know is a is a great time. You know, we keep hearing about employment numbers and and people that have changed careers and and decided to do the you know I want to better my life and follow my dream path. So you know, it is a really good time to look for work. So I hope that folks get a more understanding that, you know, especially that building for your retirement, once you're putting, you know, once you're putting your income, you're also putting into your retirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, Sheila, let's take some hands. All right, Margie. Hi again. Um, hi. <laughs> hi, Laurie and Mike. Um, great, great, great presentation. Um, I have a couple comments, and if I remember, I have a question. So I actually am Social Security Disability and Workers' Comp, and two agencies, even though you sign the documents, they seem never to talk. They and don't. <laughs> Yeah, and so every time I get an increase in my work comp, I send mm -hmm. it off to Social Security, and my person sits there for three years, processes it, sends me an overpayment letter. What I now do is I figured out who the manager was. And um, if you know who the manager of your office is, it's their first name, dot, last name at ssa.gov. Every month, I send my pay statement from work comp to my manager. So hopefully this is stopped. And he, he acknowledges receiving it every month. And, um, that's and, very sweet um, of him. <laughs> what's that? I said that's very sweet of him. That, well, that is sweet it. of him. Yeah, yeah well... He knows who I am, and if you know who I am, you don't want to mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since I'm in a major, um, we're going in front of an ALJ with a thirty-something thousand dollar overpayment mm. that is truly their fault. Truly mm -hmm. their fault. Mm -hmm. But you know they don't care it's their fault. They look at can you pay it back and how much a month. Anyway, um, the other thing is just recently at seeing I heard this again. I've heard it with friends out of the blue, and it seems to happen with people on or off of social security disability, they receive a check of a significant dollar amount from SSDI and they deposit it and they use it. I'm always telling people, if you're not expecting it, deposit it and don't use it because they're coming back after you. And every time I've been right, every single time, they make such gross errors. Um, I wanna go back to work-related expenses, which I maximize my benefits on that when I was working. Um, let's go back to, for example, if you have a guide dog and um, you deduct their expenses from your social security disability or your SSI under BWIS, 
blind-related work expenses for the people listening. Um, you have that dog 24-7. I have heard of some Social Security reps saying you can only deduct one-third of the cost because one-third is only work-related. What's the truth on that one? I have never heard that. Um, I will... I have never seen any reference to one third um, at all in anything on blind related work expenses. And it's I would, I would fight challenged. I would fight it. If, if it came yeah. out in a decision, I would definitely appeal it because, mm -hmm. yeah, the dog is with me 24-7. However, she only works one-third of the day. But when she gets home, she's a dog. She's not working any longer, and there aren't any expenses any longer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that I mean, they don't, the board they don't... to anything um, yeah, they... that if you buy something like a Braille um, display that's very expensive, um, same thing. So what you're saying is if you're ever told that, appeal it. Absolutely. Oh, certainly. Mm -hmm. I say appeal mm -hmm. almost, uh, not everything, but I would say either almost ask, everything. <laughs> ask for a waiver or an appeal almost for everything, only because there are gross errors in a lot of cases. Um, oh, absolutely. You and know, I, just because there's such a time delay in how things get processed. And Margie, <laughs> I just want to comment on, you know, your manager issue. Um, it depends on the office. Offices are all different, all of the local regional offices, um, because um, some of them, uh, you, you know, you, you've heard the expression that the fish stinks from the head. If the manager yep. isn't any good. The rest of the staff aren't going to be any, any good. And I'm working with an office where the uh, work incentive liaison, um, they are basically uh, hold an additional position um, to their uh, regular employment of a representative. Um, they mm -hmm. are the work incentive liaison. They're supposed to be working with uh, us as employment networks and the clients who are going back clients. to work have told um, a client of mine, don't call me no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my point, my point in that is, it, you know, if you certify something and that you don't get your receipt, at least you have an email receipt um, that you did send it. And you, right. you make a folder for those and you mm -hmm. show that you did your due diligence. You can now, whether they respond or not. Yes, and you can now also fax pay stubs into Social Security through to your local office. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I worked with a guy who had an overpayment of uh, eighteen thousand uh, dollars. We, we oh, managed that's nothing. <laughs> we, well, it, it was nothing. It really wasn't compared to some of them that come through. But we managed to take that eighteen thousand dollars, and and we we got it to go before a judge. It took five years, but when it came before the judge, we, we turned it around and he received the check to $7,000. And again, nice. so I have a, I have a question then, and, and I'm up, I apologize. Right, I did gonna... miss the very beginning of your presentation. Um, do you guys, do you guys private contract to work on these things? We're part of an employment network and, and, uh, gotcha. you know, gotcha. so we, we basically, um, work through them. We take on individuals also, um, but we, we take everything through that, um, administrative employment network. Yeah, we, we gotcha. are an Thank administrative you. employment network, but we, I have done other contract work as well. Okay. Well, maybe I'll email you. Thank you. <laughs> and I, right. I just wanted to say that $7,000 underpayment that Mike spoke about had to do with an individual 
um, earning money while they were receiving benefits and the benefit got recalculated and the, over that five-year period. So the judge ruled that the individual was underpaid for the last five years. Wow. All right. We'll take a couple more questions. Jeff Bishop. All right. Hey, everybody. I have a couple of questions and I'll try to make them quick. Um, do you know much about health savings accounts? You know, the high deductible health savings accounts in reference to blindness related expenses? I do not. Nor do I. Okay. So I was just, I didn't know if, you know, things like purchasing braille displays or like Envision glasses would qualify um, being able to use those, uh, those funds that you're putting into uh, an HSA account, whether or not they would be eligible to be used for, for that. Yeah, I would check with the plan probably is what they, I would say. Yeah, they told me to check with the IRS. And of course, yeah, well, I was going to say either the plan or the IRS, because the yeah. IRS probably would be the one who has the authority to deem it eligible. Um, I think one of the sticking points may be the fact that it's not something you need a prescription for. But I will tell you, well, Braille displays are listed in the IRS code. Okay, so then I would, yeah, I, I would so, say then definitely if they're listed. So, but I don't know about like the Envision class. I mean, I'm looking at maybe purchasing them and, mm -hmm. uh, but it would be nice if I could do it through my HSA account because that's pre-tax. Right, right. That makes sense. And I, yeah. and, I, and I have the money there and I could just, I could, I could do it, you know? Yeah. And then one other quick question. Um, there's, there's been a myth or, or, or reality. I'm not sure which, which, and I'd like to get it clarified about those who have been working and then they either lose their employment or they uh, leave their job because of whatever circumstance. Um, and then they, they apply for SSDI. Um, I've heard some horror stories about people who have, you know, uh, who've lost their home because it's taken, you know, 12 to 18 months to get, to get converted from, you know, basically employment over to SSDI. Are you finding that to be a much shorter window of time these days? Or what is that? What is that I, circumstance? Look I, like? think, I think some of, <clears throat> particularly with people who are blind, social security has guidelines that are a little, well, I won't, I won't use that word crazy is what I was going to say a little annoying. So I'm going to give an example. So if you go to your general practitioner and your general practitioner says, Jeff is blind. He's been my patient for five years. Here's his eye condition. And they provide the diagnosis code and whatever. That's not good enough for social security. It actually has to come from an, an ophthalmologist. Right. Exactly. So, the reverse side of that is I was a licensed social worker when I was in New York. My notes on a client's file carried no weight. Sure. A psychologist or psychiatrist who may see a patient monthly or quarterly. Right. Still doesn't notes have that weight. Carried weight. weight. Really? That all being said, supplementary documentation from those practitioners are good. I tell people that if you can get a letter from your vocational rehabilitation agency, that also can be helpful. It's not medical documentation, but it's supplementary documentation. The, with SS, SSDI, there is that five-month waiting period. And 
you know, basically, I think it really depends on where you fall in the country, how fast your case is going to get processed. Okay. Okay. But it's not 18 months anymore. It shouldn't. The waiting period for SSDI is five months. Okay. So I, Yeah, because it used to be much longer, um, if I recall. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I'll call thank you later. You, thank you. All right. Sheila, who's up next? All right. Area code 682, ending in 597. You may unmute and tell us who you are, please. Calandra. It's Calandra. Hi, Calandra. Um, I was going to, that was what I was going to ask about. Um, if you're on Social Security or SSI like I can make, suppose I were to go back to work, what is the specific amount that you're allowed to make? Is it 2200 or has it always been like that? You said you're on Supplemental Security Income SSI? Yes, I've been on it since I was a baby. I didn't find out about it until I was 18. Okay, so with, um, with SSI, it's not a specific amount. It's more about what you are earning and what expenses, medical expenses, blind-related work expenses, impairment-related work expenses you may have that would then reduce your, your income. So it's a formula. So there's not, re- not a set amount for individuals on SSI. Oh, okay. What about if you live like in an assistant living or something? Would you still qualify? I'm not sure that I understand what you're asking. If if you're living in an assistant living, are you still able to work? Because I remember when I worked at a program, on a job training program, I only worked there for about like two or three months. So it, it would depend on somebody's specific needs. Um, you know, if they had work that they could do remotely, if that was m- the most comfortable for them, or if they're able to even get out in, into the community independently and able to find something locally that they can get to, they can work in the community as well. Thank you, Colleen. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Sheila, one more? You don't have any more. All right. So let me see. We okay, we're at the we're at the um the two hour mark. So any final remarks, Mike and Lori? I just want to say thank you and uh, I hope uh, folks have listened and learned something from uh, our little presentation. <laughs> Lori? Um yeah, it was fun to be here and if anybody has any questions, uh, you know, feel free to reach out. Uh. All right. As always, you can reach Sunday Edition by SundayEditionAC at gmail.com. Send me, a, send me a message and I will pass it along. Or you can do the same thing through community at acb.org. Sheila, thank you for hosting. Byron, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lori, Mike, Janine, and all of our callers, thank you so much for spending Sunday Edition with us this week. I'll be back next week with another great show. Have a great weekend. Week. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. 
Stream One. That's American Council of the Blind Media, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.